Hey, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to get to know Lane Craig. Lane is uh, a seminary student. He's working with us now in a variety of ways. He is married to our children's pastor, Wendy, and he leads the Bible study. In this part of his seminary experience, there... The, Part of the program is to kind of work under a mentor for a while. And so now that he's entered into that phase for this uh, school year, we're going to kind of be working together more closely. And I want to give Lane opportunities to preach, help with Lord's Supper, help with baptism. It's a way of training. Robert's kind of uh, finished his officially, but we're going to continue in that relationship as well because he's completing his seminary education also. I think it's important for us as local churches to assume the responsibility for training and helping to bring along the next generation of leaders. And so you'll see a lot of this over the next year. We're st this morning, I'm looking forward to hearing from Lane Lane has a, a message that uh, he, he didn't know at the time, but he's actually preaching from the passage that is our church's theme verse, John 15, 5. Um, and so this is going to be something that, that we need to hear. It's going to be good for us. It's going to be a good experience for Lane. And remember, it's okay to say amen once in a while, all right? Let's welcome Lane Craig to the pulpit. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Brother John. Well, that was my entire introduction right there. I, had a, I was going to go in and explain that a little bit. But yeah, as Brother John shared, my name is Lane Craig. I'm married to Wendy Craig, who is the children's pastor here uh, at the church. And yeah, listen, hey, if you want to go ahead and start preparing for next week, I love a good amen. I love a good come on, brother. I'll take it. So whatever you got, come on. Um, you know, I remember Wendy and I's first time when we uh, were invited to, to come to First Baptist West. It, you know, coincidentally enough, Robert Hillier was the one who, who sent us an invitation, and uh, so we were really excited to come. You know, I remember walking through the doors and taking a, a, a seat in one of the back pews, you know, and as we we're just in the service and listening and watching what was going on, um, I started picking up on some things. I looked at the pulpit. And I noticed that etched into the pulpit, there were these sorts of vines all around. That's interesting. That's a really, really beautiful pulpit. And then I looked above me, and I saw the, the frame around the baptistry, and I also noticed there as well that there were these really beautiful etched vines. And then I looked at the cross in the center above the baptistry, and I saw again that there were these really, really beautifully carved vines that produced fruit. Maybe you've noticed this. Uh, I thought I was pretty clever uh, my first time coming in here. I thought I was like, man, I'm, I, am a sh I am sharp. But this is all really intentional. This is something that is ingrained in our identity here at FBC West. It's this idea of remaining in Christ. Today we're going to be in John chapter 15. If you don't want to go ahead and start turning there. As a church, we want, to, we want to center our lives around Jesus' teaching in John chapter 15 when Christ calls his disciples to remain 
in him. I'm going to go ahead and preface this sermon this morning. That's going to be a word we're going to hear a lot is remain, 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 remain. And we're going to see that Jesus reiterates this word a lot because he's wanting to show us that this is essential to what it means to living out a life as a disciple. Because the thing is, if there is no vine, then there is no fruit. Fruit can't grow on itself, but it must be not just connected for a season to the, to the vine, but it must remain as a part of it. Similarly, if there is no Christ in our lives, then we cannot possibly be expected to live out the lifestyle that God calls us to. As we're going to read this morning, Jesus is calling all of us today to remain in Him. Remain in Him. Not just for a season or for a couple of brief moments, but to continually and to consistently remain in Him. I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to pray for us this morning as we read God's Word. God, we give you thanks for the goodness of your Word. We thank you so much that the promises, God, and the things that you call us to, you equip us to live out. So today, Lord, teach us what it looks like to remain in you in all things. We ask these things for you and we pray these things now in your son Jesus' name. Amen. As we approach this chapter in John 15, Jesus at this time is looking forward to his eventual time on the cross, which is where he'll meet his eventual death. However, we as Christians know that Jesus didn't stay dead, but that he rose again and has given us eternal life, that Jesus has ascended, that he was going to leave his disciples. Jesus knows what is ahead of him. And he's preparing his disciples for this is what will happen. This is how you should live after I have ascended to the right hand of the Father. This is how you should live because he knows what is going to happen in the coming weeks. Jesus is preparing his disciples for how they should live in response to his eventual departure. So this morning, read with me in John chapter 15, verse 1. We'll have the, the verses up on the screen. I'm reading out of the NIV, the New International Version. Verse 1, I, Jesus, am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will become even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So do this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Verse 7, But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. 
Earlier this summer, Wendy and I got to travel to Arizona. It was a great trip. I don't know if you've ever driven through Arizona before, but there's like two gas stations in the entire state. You know, we had planned out this vacation for months. We were so excited for it. Uh, We got ready. We had talked about it, dreamed about it, you know. And then I remember the first day of vacation, uh, I got food poisoning. Oh, no, I hear that, yeah. I got food poisoning. Now, if something's going to ruin your vacation, it's going to be food poisoning, right? I mean, it just stops you, and it, it is just terrible. And so for the rest of the vacation, I had to deal with being able to see the Grand Canyon, but having an upset tummy. It hurt. But I love that feeling for when we finally got to go, come back home, right? Y'all know that feeling I'm talking about, that feeling when you're driving back on I-35, and you drive past the city limit sign, and you're like, oh, I'm home. Whew, you know, it, it feels good to be home. There's that feeling I think a, a lot of us know about, that, that sigh of relief when we're able to make it back. Why do we love that feeling so much? Well, it's because you're home. It's the place where you live. It's the place that, it's your familiarity. It's your comfortability. It's the place where you remain. It's the place where you dwell. Your family is there. Your entire livelihood, your routines, home is the place that you remain. Throughout this passage in John chapter 15, we see Jesus continue to repeat this word, remain. He uses this word to show his disciples about the kind of faithful lifestyle that they are to model after Jesus is resurrected and ascends to heaven. This is because, again, Jesus is preparing his disciples for how they should live after his departure. Because he tells his disciples to remain in him because, ultimately, that is where they belong. We, as the church, belong to remain in Jesus. Look back with me in John chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, he says, I, Jesus, am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Notice in this, in this passage as Jesus is talking about bearing fruit, that he doesn't saying, hey, remain in me for a couple of days, or, or just remain in me for a season, or for a brief moment. No, Jesus is saying to remain in him continually, consistently. This word remain means that this is where we dwell, that this is where we're going to reside. So why, do we, so why should we seek to remain in Christ? Because the one who chooses to remain in Jesus will bear much fruit. This is a promise that Jesus is giving to us. That the one who chooses to remain in Jesus not only is bearing much fruit, but we're essentially living out the purpose that we were all created to live as being created in the image of God. We were created to remain in Christ. And this morning, if you want to bear good fruit and you want to live life with purpose and meaning, then today we must choose to remain in Christ. There's no other way to accomplish this goal. 
You can't, you can't try to do it on your own, but you must be interconnected with Christ. Just as a fruit doesn't just pop out of thin air, but it's connected with the vine. And when I say this, this, this idea of remaining in Jesus, what I'm getting at is that remaining in Jesus means that we are aware of God's presence in every area of our life. Jesus is giving us both a challenge, a comforting challenge, I might add, that, that remaining in Him means that we are aware of God's presence in every area of our life. Now that we've heard from Jesus that we're called to constantly and consistently remain in Him, this morning I would like to present us with two different kinds of faith that I think it's, we oftentimes live out. The two, the two types of faith that I'd like to suggest there's, number one, holistic faith. This is the type of faith that Jesus is calling to when he says, remain. Holistic faith is this. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write this. And holistic faith is that Jesus remains in everything that you do. That we are aware of God's presence. We're asking the question, God, what would you have me to do in this current moment? And holistic faith seeks to bring Christ into everything that we do. It asks the questions such as this, Jesus, how are you present in this current moment? God, how can I serve you right now? Lord, what are you calling me to do? And holistic faith invites God's presence into every compartment of our lives. This isn't just secluded to Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights or when we get to be a part of Bible study or we get to listen to a Christian program on the radio. But it invites God's presence into the way our families are. It invites God's presence into our work. It invites God's presence into our relationships. Brother John spoke a couple of weeks ago too even uh, about finances, that it invites God's presence, that it says, God, how would you have me to spend my finances. And it even affects the things that we watch and the things we listen to. This is an holistic faith. This isn't some type of new faith, but this is simply the type, the model that Jesus calls you and I to today, to model out a faith that encompasses everything that we do. I would like to say this morning that this type of faith, this holistic faith, is real, it is authentic, and my goodness, it is so fulfilling. Any other kind of lifestyle that seeks to have a different type of faith just isn't good. It's not worthwhile. And that's what I would like to suggest. The other side of this is that of a compartmentalized faith. When I say compartmentalized faith, I like to say it like this, it picks up and it puts Jesus back down. Instead, walking with Jesus is now just another part within our already busy schedules, right? Jesus is just another element that we put on our to-do list, is spending time with Jesus. Oftentimes, a compartmentalized faith looks like just being active, that we kind of turn on this, this on switch on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. That it, that it seeks to, put, to take Christ out of the box. But then when we've had our fill, we put him back in. Because I got way too many other things to do. I got too many places to be. 
I got people to talk to. Sometimes it can even look like this, that it's good to have quiet times, but now I have to get back to X, Y, Z. What I'm not suggesting, and hear me this morning, what I'm not suggesting is that you constantly live in your closet and have your Bible and your time of prayer. There are real things that we have to do. But what I am suggesting this morning is that as we go about our day that we say, Christ, where are you present in everything? Where are you present at, God, in this current moment? Having these moments of retreat or silence or, as we like to call, like times of devotion or quiet times, those are not only good, but they are essential to what Jesus is calling us to today, to remain But what I am suggesting is that when we compartmentalize that, that Jesus can just fall into another one of those categories, meaning that it's tough to bear fruit. We find time to invest in Jesus and our relationship when it's convenient. There's a type of mindset that I'd like to suggest. I call it Jesus in the pocket. Got a little baby Jesus, one of the perks of being married to a children's pastor. But it's kind of like this mindset, this, this sort of like unconscious mindset that we do. We call it Jesus in the pocket. I got Jesus in my pocket, and hey, I got stuff to do. I, I got my daily routine. You know, I drink my coffee. I go to work. I, you know, I live the way that I'm supposed to at work. I come home. I you know, fit in my routine. And then, oh, it's bedtime. I got to have my quiet time. Pull out my Jesus in the pocket. And as I'm trying to say my prayers, as I'm going to bed, I start falling asleep. And I start, you know, repeating the same prayers over and over, and I go to sleep. So I put Jesus in the pocket. And I wake up. At my quiet time, I got Jesus out, I put him back. But sometimes, too, it's really easy to do this in moments of crisis, that we're not actively walking with Christ in our relationship. But in those difficult moments, yes, we, not only should we, but we need to reach out to Christ in those moments, those moments of crisis, and say, Jesus, where are you? But oftentimes, we latch on to Jesus, and we say, Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me. I can't do this without you. Situations, the crisis... My, you know, gets resolved. We say, thank you, Jesus. Okay, got stuff to do. And it's real easy to go about our day. This is what I would like to call a compartmentalized faith. Jesus is calling us to a much better way of life this morning, a faith that is holistic, that seeks to be in everything that we do. The Holy Spirit is calling you and I today To pursue a lifestyle that is completely immersed and obsessed with asking the question, Jesus, how are you working in my life right now? A lot of times in my life, I, 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 you know, even still today, I'll find myself falling into a compartmentalized style of faith. And in those moments when I recognize that and I realize that I'm just treating Jesus as another thing on my to-do list rather than remaining in him, sometimes I don't always say amen at the end of my prayers. Can I say that? Let me explain. Sometimes I don't always say amen at the end of my prayers in those moments when, um, in in those moments where I treat my faith as different blocks throughout the day. Because sometimes... And and hear me when I say this, I think it's real easy to treat amen like a goodbye. That we say in Jesus' name, amen, by God. And I go about the rest of my day. I compartmentalize it. Maybe you feel the same. 
In those moments when I recognize that I'm in a mindset of picking up and putting down Jesus, one of the things that I'll incorporate into my life is not saying amen. But instead, I'll say something along the lines of, in Jesus' name, now God, go with me in all things. Sometimes I'll even pray as I'm doing things. Sometimes I'll pray as I'm making coffee, as I'm washing dishes, as I'm at work, and I'll pray throughout those moments. Maybe that might be helpful. I sure hope it is. Because sometimes I have to practice that in my own life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. This is the words of Paul. He says, Rejoice always. Not just for a moment. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul understands that a relationship with God means that of remaining. It's holistic. It's, so, so is Paul saying in this passage that we should just constantly have our heads bowed and our eyes closed and hands on the steering wheel? No, that's dangerous. No, don't do that. Come on. No. But instead, when we read Paul's words, we see that they echo what Jesus has already said in John chapter 15. Paul is saying that Christians are to incorporate a life that is completely ingrained and focused on growing in our relationship with Christ. Because we are disciples of Christ. So as we continue to grow and remain in our relationship with God, our desire is that every area of our lives would be occupied by the presence of Christ. So this morning, if you want to truly experience God's fullness in your life, then choose today to remain in Christ. If you want to bear good fruit, then it first begins with a commitment remaining in him because the truth is this morning all people all people will choose to remain in something that might be an unhealthy pursuit of money some people will choose to remain in being a workaholic some people will choose to remain in toxic friendships or investing in toxic relationships that aren't good for you and some people choose to remain in selfishness and self-denial. So my question for us this morning is, what are we choosing to remain in? What are we choosing to let take over our entire life? What's the foundation? And is that Christ? Instead, let us this morning choose to remain in the one that we were created and intended to be immersed in, Christ Jesus. This morning, let us choose to remain in the one who gave himself up for us so that we can have eternal life with God. And this morning, let us choose to remain in the one who loves us so dearly that we can now be called daughters and sons of the one true king. This type of lifestyle, remaining in Christ, takes a lifetime to develop. I'm not naive to that. This is, this is a joyful thing that we get to approach and understanding that it takes a lifetime to learn to remain in Christ. So every day, let us choose to do that. And it begins by through prayer and reading Scripture consistently in our lives. 
surrounding ourselves with other Christians and being involved here at FBC West and, in your, and if you're visiting um, the church you attend. And it, and it begins by practicing setting apart in our hearts and our minds each and every day that we will respond to the Lord, whatever it is that he calls us to do. Because here's the thing, when we ask God at the beginning of our day, God, what would you have for me to do today? I promise he will respond. And, in, and this morning, if you're at a point, you're saying, I'm just not ready for that. I'm not ready. Take, take some time. But I do want to say that when we begin our days by saying, Christ, where can I see you at in this moment? Where can I see you at throughout my day? God is faithful, and he will answer our prayer. And he will give us where we need to respond. As we close today, let us then approach this calling from God to continually and consistently remain in him with joy Excitement, gratitude, because God has given us his Holy Spirit to fulfill this task and has given us the promise that he will remain in us. And because Christ remains in us, then we can confidently remain in him.